Buckle up that chin strap. It's time for college football across the South. The Southern Blitz is here with your co-hosts, Jordan Wallace and Drew Adair. Southern Blitz fans, we had an ugly first week for both the conferences we cover, both the SEC and the Big 12. So we're going to get into the good, the bad, and all of the ugly here on the show. Uh, You'll get a little good cop from me and bad cop from, well, I guess more of a bad cop from me and a good cop from Drew as he wants to play nice with the listeners and find the good from this weekend. And I'm just here to to rain on everybody's parade. Drew, are you going to play nice? Uh, you know, I, I'll play nice. It's kind of hard though, because, uh, honestly, you know, I'm just kind of sitting here after the first week staring at every single team going, what, what did I actually learn about most of them? But Jordan, what we did really learn about a handful of them was not what we thought. It's like that. That's, that Dennis that's Green not playing quote. good cop, Drew. I, yeah, I well, said you're sorry. the good cop. I'm sorry. I'm having a hard time being the good cop here. I mean, you know, it reminds me of uh, of when Dennis Green said, "We are we we are who we thought we are." You know, and I'm like, yeah. dude, I, I don't know these teams. These teams are not who we thought they were. So anyway, but you uh, but jump on in, Jordan. Jump yeah. yeah. On in. So and I apologize to all the listeners. I am uh, currently under the weather. We uh, we sent our two year old daughter to Mother's Day out program this week for the first week, and so immediately. First weekend, she comes back and gets the whole family sick. So, of course. Of course. Drew, I'm sure you're used to that. You've had three girls in school. So, absolutely. Absolutely. Um, absolutely. So, I apologize. Yeah, my, my voice is not going to be quite as strong as normal, but that's probably better. You people don't want to listen to me yell a whole lot anyway. So, we have a ton. <laughs> yeah, we, we have a ton to get through today anyway. And we're going to review all the fun from week one before we go into previewing this upcoming weekend. And we've also got a special guest coming on in the form of Brandon Marcello. It's one of the uh, national reporters for 247 Sports, so looking forward to that. Uh, meanwhile, I know a lot of you are probably interested in our Pick'em update. It was a rough week, Drew. You know, we, we talked about the ugly. Our Pick'em was real ugly. So uh, almost half, Drew, almost half the people in our Pick'em, over 20 people, either went 0-5 or 1-4. So if you had a really bad week, don't worry. So did everybody else. Um Currently, after two weeks in, we only have nine people with winning records, Drew. Two of them Yikes. are seven and three, and, and seven of them are six and four. So it, it has not been a clean start for anybody. No, um, no, it is not. A bit, a bit well, surprising. A bit surprising. Well, you know, you know, with how this slate lined up this week for the Pick'em, it's not as surprising because, Drew, I hate to break too. We, we've got some SEC homers on this pod, so we had a whole lot of people pick LSU and South Carolina – and a whole lot of people got let down. Mm-hmm. So, mm-hmm. and then uh, obviously we got to we got to wrap it up with one more loss for the majority of the league with uh, the Clemson game last night. Yeah. So, what a weird I don't know game. if you I don't know if you got to watch that, but it was it was in fact a weird game. One of the stranger yeah. games I've seen in a long time, and I think Dabo even called it that. I mean it it was just an odd game from the from the get go, but. Uh, you know, you know, we won't get too much into it because we're not an ACC podcast. But uh, you know, hey, hey, kudos to Duke for a nice win. And uh, you know, I, I don't know, strange game. Strange makes me ask all kinds of questions about Clemson and Dabo and yeah, the whole thing. So, well, I mean, every time they got in the red zone, they they would poop down their legs. So, yeah, <laughs> yeah. Um, 
I, yeah. I will say there was one in particular call, Drew. I don't know if you saw it, that just I, I kind of want to rant about. Um, it was a fourth down play. Clemson's down 21-7 with about eight or nine minutes left of the fourth. Klubnik runs the ball. He, he ends up sliding, and he starts to slide short of the first down marker, right? Mm-hmm. So it should have been down, but the Duke defender comes in and, and hits him late as he's sliding anyway. They come back after review and say, since he had already started the slide, the play's dead. He's short of the marker. They turn the ball over on downs, and then the penalty's assessed. So Duke still gets the ball and then loses 15 yards. Yeah. I, I Doesn't cannot, make sense. It makes zero sense to me, and I can't imagine that's what the rule is, but that's what they did, and that yeah. effectively killed the game. So. Yeah. Yeah, makes no anyway. sense. Makes no sense at all. Hey, I thought you were going to yell at clouds today. What the heck? Man? We're, <laughs> we're, here we are. Oh, oh, you just wait, Drew. I've got another one coming up, but we'll get I into mean, it when we get into our review. You're yelling at clouds. Or you're talking about pooping down your leg, man. I mean, this is this yeah. is this is a heck of a start here. Strong, heck of a strong start. start. Strong yeah, start. No, strong no start. voice, but I still got my spirit. Yeah, um, that's right. Well, let's uh, let's get into the games for this week real quick. You know, earning their way in with that win over TCU. We have Colorado and Nebraska on the slate this week. Then Ole Miss, Tulane, Texas A&M and Miami, Iowa State, Iowa, and then the big one, Texas versus Bama. So, Drew, uh, how do you feel about that slate? I I love the slate. I think, uh, obviously, week one, I feel like we were just kind of let down by the games, honestly. Uh, but this week two slate, and you know, there's a bunch more games outside of these that are solid type games as well. It's really hard to pick. <laughs> Just five, uh, but I like the slate, man. I mean, it's exciting, and uh, you know, it, it's even down to the old Miss Tulane game. I mean, you get fired up about that one. Um, anyway, I'm not gonna well, talk hey, too much about them. We're gonna get into them. Yeah, it's a ranked matchup. Yeah. I mean, we're gonna get into these. Even even Iowa State, Iowa Jordan. <clears throat> I will go ahead and say I, I'm semi excited about that one. I mean, Iowa scored oh, yeah. some points this week, Jordan. They scored which which one's going to win six to three? We know That's what the, right. the score is going to be. So. <laughs> yep. No, but we'll um, yeah, like like Drew said, we'll get into some of those. We'll we'll start with our week one review, and uh, you know we'll go with the big Sunday night game to start off. Drew, LSU, Florida State. I'm going to let you kind of tell us your thoughts first. Yeah, surprising is 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 not even. Uh... And I want my credit too. <laughs> yeah, you want your credit? Okay. You know, Jordan, uh, let's give him his credit here. He did – was on record letting us know that he thought that, uh, you know, Jordan Travis and FSU would pose an extremely uh, staunch uh, competition on Sunday night, and they did. I don't know if you went so far as to say they would win. I can't remember that. I'll have to go back to the I 100% tape. said okay. that Jordan Travis was going to beat LSU because noted, Jamie Daniels noted was not that ACC good. Noted ACC fan. Noted ACC fan. <laughs> noted. Um, but, uh, man, you know, what a crazy game. I mean, Jordan Travis looked flawless. And Jaden Daniels, to your credit, uh, Jordan, he looked extremely average. And uh, But the thing that was the most concerning to me, Jordan, was how FSU just literally beat LSU at their own game. Physicality, uh, LSU could not match it. I, you and I text at the exact time at the very end of the game, FSU scores that final touchdown. And they just shoved the LSU defender to the ground, stiff arm him into the turf. Yeah. Um, you know, and, and they it, did it just multiple times down the stretch. Yes. And I mean, guys like Omar Spades, Harold Perkins, I mean, Makai Wingo were not even a factor. And really, we're going to talk about this a lot today, hopefully with Brandon even. 
but Harold Perkins was misused by Brian Kelly. And I thought Brian Kelly said it really uh, in a funny way in the post game. He said, I guess we thought we were, you know, the, the back to back to back national champion, Georgia Bulldogs. And uh, we found out we're definitely not, you know, and uh, they're not, man, they're not who we thought they were. And uh, this team has got a lot of soul searching uh, to have. Well, I'm not going to, I'm not going to beat it to death. Cause again, I've talked about Florida state. I think they're a playoff caliber team this year. And I was not sold on LSU. I think they're going to be a good team, and I still think they'll be a good team. But I just, as a playoff team, I don't, I don't buy it with Jaden Daniels at quarterback. And clearly, that is not the only issue they've got because that defense looked real bad in the second half. I mean, they, yes. Drew, they, they got outscored thirty-one to nothing to start the second half. Yeah, yeah. There's a whole lot uh, of quit. There's a whole lot of quit going yeah. on too. Whole lot of quit and uh, guys just flat out missing assignments and not hustling. And I mean, it, you know, I mean, from a from a yardage standpoint, it was almost dead even. But, um, but man, I'm telling you, I mean, Florida State controlled time of possession. I mean, they really controlled the game. And I, I think I text you at halftime. It felt like in the first half that LSU was doing enough to, you know, pull forward in the second half. But, man, they just fell apart at halftime. It was yep. wild. Once once Florida State cleaned up those penalties, yep. th- there was no looking back. So Right. And we, right. Won't, we won't look back any further. Let's, uh, let's move forward to the game of the Carolinas. North versus South, um, another game that I, I went with my ACC love, apparently. Uh, and, and North Carolina, man, Drake May looked like the real deal, and Spencer Rattler looked like the guy I assumed he was. <laughs> uh, easy. He didn't look that bad. I mean, the guy, guy no, had 300-something no. three, yards passing. But, you know, he, wasn't, he was not terrible. Drake May was just better. And, uh, you know, here's the deal. South Carolina is not good enough at this point to play without guys like Juice Wells and guys. I mean, they're just not – I mean, at this point, they can't say, hey, we'll be fine without him, okay? They're yeah. not. I mean, to beat a team like North Carolina, they had to have the playmakers on the field, and they just – they couldn't match it. They couldn't well, match here's, it. Well, here's – you know, and it's funny, Drew. That was – South Carolina was the one fan base I, I took enough heat on Twitter for, for ranking them so low. They're like, how do you expect us to drop that much? We didn't lose anything. And I was like, you lost a running game, and your O-line is suspect. Well – they had no running game, and their O line was just let North Carolina eat Spencer Rattler's lunch. Oh, it was horrible. He's running long. for his life, running for. I, his I don't life. remember. I know they had at least eight sacks. They might have nine. I can't remember what what they finished with, but yeah, he nine nine. And he's yeah. just he's not mobile enough to to get out of there, and they weren't doing him any favors. So no, no, no favors at all. None. And it, it was really disappointing. If you're if you're a South Carolina fan, you're staring down the barrel of Tennessee, Georgia, in September. This yeah. one is uh, extremely, extremely painful right here to lose. Yeah, agreed. Well, since we're going to talk about pain, let's talk about Utah, Florida. You know, the Gators looked wholly, you know, non-competitive for most of that game. Mm. Utah mm. was just the better team. And it's, again, Drew, three ranked opponents for the SEC this week, and they, they got beat by two touchdowns plus in all of them. Yeah, so, yeah, yeah, yeah. Not, not, a, not a whole lot of fun, but, you know, Florida uh, – I don't know what else to add. I mean, I don't, I'm not necessarily a stock down on them because this is what we thought. I said, even without Cam rising, Utah was a two touchdown winner. Um, Florida just, they are who we thought they were. Well, yeah, you know, yes, you're right. But here's the biggest concern is right here. I mean, the stat of, you know, they had literally, what was it? Oh, man, it was bad. I mean, they had like 60 something yards rushing total. I yeah. mean, the you're not helping out that, your new quarterback with that. 
Well, no, and I mean, to have ETN and Montreal Johnson, we sat there and talked about in their preview, like the only way they're going to win is to get the run game going and to earn – or uh, sorry, to control time of possession. And they can't even run the ball. I mean, you know, Graham Mertz is not going to do any miracles, but, man, if they can't even run the ball, this is going to be – I mean, they're going to be lucky to win three yeah. games at this point. Oh, yeah, I mean, I mean it's, they, it's they got nothing, nothing up the middle. I mean, they – Nothing. They, yeah. they were trying to balance everything because – they were getting clogged up in the middle of the line. They, they flat out were losing in the trenches. And yeah, very little positives. Very few. Very. Yeah. It's hard. I mean, and Billy is really under some heat, and I, you know, and I think people need to calm down a little bit. But dude, it is. It's ugly. It's ugly. Well, I mean, you got to imagine if this year continues like we expect it to, he's gonna be on the hot seat next year for year three. Well, yeah, and, and honestly, Jordan, he should be. I mean, they looked unprepared to give up a bomb in, in the very beginning of the very game first to, play to a walk-on quarterback. I mean, a guy that comes in and just absolutely torches them in the beginning. Of the game. And then all the penalties. I mean, two guys with the same number on the field, false start in the red zone. I mean, that was almost a 14 point swing right yeah. there, Jordan. How can you expect to win a ball game being so unprepared? I mean, it was pitiful. It was pitiful. Well, I don't want to keep all the pitiful talk to the, to the SEC. <laughs> so let's, uh... that's right. That's right. You know, you know who's coming, don't you? Uh, who that? Who that? We coming. We coming. TCU, uh, Colorado, Drew. You've you, you've been driving the prime train as much as I freaking <laughs> hate it. So go ahead, take the wheel. You can enjoy. Uh, even me, even me, thought that TCU was going to control this game, and uh, I just thought Chandler Morris and and the crew had it in them. But, Jordan, you and I have talked. I mean, that TCU defense is horrendous. I mean, they are just absolutely terrible. And uh, what a what a absolute uh, huge game, huge win for Colorado. Very exciting game as a fan. But, uh, I mean, Shadur Sanders, I mean, guys, you know, 510 passing yards, four touchdowns. And then, of course, Travis Hunter plays, you know, what, 100 and something. I mean, how many – 110 uh, plays out of the game. He was at 110 like with still several minutes left. So yeah, close to I 120. Mean, you dude is dude is just nuts. I mean, you, you Drew, know, it was. It here's was here's my my hot take. You know how much I think of Caleb Williams, but what yeah. Travis Hunter is doing right now, he's got my vote for Heisman after one week. Yeah, I mean, I mean good well, night. How could you argue? How could you argue? Huge. I mean, inside. I mean, right at the goal line interception on defense, and was just unstoppable on offense. So. Yeah. And yeah, yeah. what a freak. And, and again, I, I had to toot my horn earlier on a few of those picks because I'm going to take a beating on this one. I mean, I, I was a fan of taking TCU minus the points even. I, that's how little I thought of Colorado. And yikes, I look foolish. Yeah. Uh, well, and we even, we even talked about it, Drew. I should have seen it coming. We talked about TCU last – or I guess it was last week on a preview that did a great job of filling their needs in the portal on offense. They yeah. still had a whole lot of players leave off that defense and did not fill nearly as well on that side of the ball. And we, we got to see that up front and personal. No, it, it was, it was ugly. And it, you know, now you, it's, it's so funny how things change so fast. Cause now you look at Colorado schedule and you say, Hmm, this thing's pretty darn manageable. You know, then you look at TCUs and you're like, Hmm, this could be a rough year. You know I mean? <laughs> it's so crazy how things change overnight, but you get, you know, prime, I'm not a big fan of, hey, we're keeping receipts and we know who's been talking trash about us. And I'm not a big fan of that, but he is good for college football. He's good for entertainment. And, uh, hey, listen, say what you want to say about the guy. 
but Prime can motivate and he can get dudes up to play. And uh, and he showed it. I mean, he showed it on Saturday. So it, it's good for football. I'll tell you that. I still don't like him because he is constantly <laughs> running his mouth and, and 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 playing the race card, acting like he's the first black head coach. And it's like, man, you're just, people don't like you because you're the loudest guy in every room you ever walk into. It has nothing to do with your skin color. Well, but, he's keeping your he's keeping your seats, Jordan. It's okay. He's keeping that. He's that's fine. He's, he's it's one win. We'll see. <laughs> We will see. Keeping and again, seats, Jordan Wallace. I team. didn't have TCU that high anyway, so it's fine. Now, yeah. speaking of teams I did have high, Texas Tech is our next one. And uh, yikes. Not uh, I, One, I don't, I'm not really sure I understand why they're playing a road game at Wyoming to start yeah. the season. Yeah. Um, but that one bit them in the butt. And again, it's a game they were up 17 nothing. just put it on cruise control. And then the, the eight, eight old age adage of, you let a bad team hang around long enough, they'll beat you because they start to believe they can. And that's exactly yeah. what happened. Yeah. Um, yeah. I don't know, Drew. I, I think Tech may have some some things they need to get worked out at the quarterback position, see what they want to do there. But uh, what are your thoughts on that game? I don't – you know, uh, I didn't catch much of it because I'm an old man and uh, <clears throat> I was falling asleep during this game. But um, it was a great environment. The place was rowdy. Uh, it was pretty, pretty uh, vulnerable position for Texas Tech week one. But there was just some big swings that happened that killed Texas Tech. I mean, I'm not ready to throw the towel in on Texas Tech. I do think this was an extremely uh, big kind of trap game in week one for them to play. I, I actually don't think Wyoming is terrible. Um, I just think it's a really difficult, weird week one game. Um, and actually, I think Texas Tech's going to be okay as the season goes on. But, I mean, hey, give the uh, give kudos to the Cowboys, man. What a what a dub. What a yep. dub. What an environment. And what an environment. Week one. College football at its finest. And, and yeah. you know what, Drew? I love what you said, and I completely agree. I'm not hitting the panic button yet on Texas Tech. You know, no. it's just you, you tried to, like I said, go on cruise control and waltz through a game against a team that wanted it, and you lost. It happens. Yeah. Shoot, I mean, we – we talked about the big Big Twelve champion last year, K State. They lost their first game to Tulane. So, so yeah, you can yeah. bounce back now. Obviously, that Tulane team ended up being a lot better than everybody realized. But yeah, but this is well, not the a... LSU lost Florida State. Won, won the you know won the West. I mean, you know, it's like so. Let's let's not quite the let's same not get ahead thing. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, not not quite. The, I mean, hey, you know, hey, work with me here, people. Okay, work with okay. me here. Regardless, I mean, it's a, it's a tough road, double overtime loss for Tech, but it's not I, – I, I agree with you. Not time to hit the panic button. Right. Now, that being right. said, our next one, Baylor, Texas State, I am smashing panic, the panic, panic button. Panic, 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 Because this wasn't some game where they, you know, let the other team come back and get that close win at the end. No, they got – they got beat. They got handled yeah. by Texas State, and – the scary part about it, Drew, is, you know, we've talked enough about is Blake Shapin going to be enough, yada, yada, yada. Blake Shapin was, you know, hobbled for a lot of the game. So he was hurt and trying to play through it. But his defense did him no favors. And that's yeah. that's the scary thing for Baylor is Dave Aran is your head coach. Why is this defense so bad again? Yeah. And we were talking about that uh, last week. And we're like, ah, oh, no way Dave Aranda lets this defense be that bad again. 
And, dude, they were getting torched by freaking T.J. Finley, man. T.J. Finley's a, <laughs> a, just a, a nomad. I mean, he's been everywhere. I mean, Auburn, guys, Florida, he, just, I mean, just hopping around. His QB rating was 96.2. I mean, that's – what the heck? Hey, the guy, I mean, God. In defense, we, that's a talented guy to be at Texas State, though. It is. It is. And it's, uh, it is the, no, the new era of transfer portal college football where, yeah, you know, a former four-star from Auburn or somewhere – ends up somewhere like Texas state so he can play. And yeah, here we, yeah. End, and that's how, that's how Baylor ended up losing basically. Well, and I hate to say this, especially for our Baylor buddies out there listening, but you know, you'd love to say, Hey, no big deal. Next man up, but Hey, your next man up at quarterback, he, he didn't look real promising either. <laughs> so, so, no, no. So, you know, obviously no talents there, but sure. Two sure. late turnovers that were absolutely, I mean, basically just killed their game. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. It's, yeah. I don't know where Baylor goes from here. It's, it's, it's tough, but I, I'm, I'm panicking. I'm staying away from, uh, from Baylor at this point. No doubt about it. No doubt about it. No, very, very fair. So, um, all right, let's move on to West Virginia, Penn state, you know, tough mountain to, to climb for the Mountaineers. And they did not, they did not do it. They, you know, they played decent, um, this game was closer than the score looks, and that's that's going to be that second rant I warned you about earlier, Drew. Mm-hmm. So, score was just so for those that didn't see it, Penn State up thirty-one fifteen, so a sixteen-point game, less than ten seconds to play. This game is over. West Virginia has no timeouts; they can kneel on the ball, they can just let clock run out. No, Penn State runs another play and runs in a like five six yard touchdown with six seconds left in the game to just run up the score mm. and, you know, cover the spread. Not that anybody knew, but I, I absolutely hate it. You've seen me lose my mind about it in the past. I just think that is the trashiest, most disrespectful thing in the game of football. Yeah. Yeah. Bad look, bad look. And, uh, you know, it's like, especially in like this day of, of players betting and stuff like that. It's like, man, it, I mean, you have to ask yourself, like, was the spread? Yeah, good thing it wasn't Iowa State. Yeah, I mean, was the spread in mind here? I mean, what the heck, you know? It's like, I, I don't know. It just makes no sense. Really, really trashy look by James Franklin. But, um, you know, maybe it'll come back and bite Penn State in the butt here uh, in the future. But I, I actually thought West Virginia – played formidable um i mean they didn't get the win obviously but i, I thought they played decent um but you know decent's not good enough but, i mean you gotta play in happy valley at night i mean tough yeah. tough environment well, and, and so. neither one of us was was high on west virginia going no. into this one no absolutely so, neil brown will not be there next year so yeah but yeah like we said for what you had playing at penn state and everything an admirable uh performance so let's uh let's get on to our and this is gonna make you sad, Drew. <laughs> this is the game that I think was the biggest win for <laughs> any team in the Big Twelve or SEC. The uh... toughest opponent knocked off, and that was the big win by Houston over yeah. UT San Antonio. Well, that was an even matchup. I mean, it was UTSA it was. was favored by a point. Yeah. Yeah. I've got no problem with that. I mean, it didn't make me sad at all. I mean, Houston needed this win. Uh, well, both it be, teams. It should make you sad that this is the best win that well, anybody had. I, I know. Well, that just shows how the week went. But uh, we knew this was going to be a good game. And, uh, you know, I thought Donovan Smith played well, 233 yards, two touchdowns. Um, yeah. 
you know, I mean, fun game to watch, man, no doubt. I mean, uh, Houston, maybe they had to win this game to have even a chance at bowl eligibility. So, um, but you know, the kings of the, the kings of the Big Twelve uh, come, come forth here. You know, the kings well, of the Big Twelve. Well, I, you know, I had I had Houston dead last on my Big Twelve rankings. So, yeah, you yeah. know, maybe I'll have to bump them up a little. Uh, there's there's definitely some contenders to drop down a little after week one. So hey, at least they played somebody, man. I mean, you know, some some teams yeah. beat beat teams by seventy three points, showed no wow. mercy. And I mean, Houston played UTSA. We'll, we'll get to it. We'll, we'll get to it. <laughs> uh, no, yeah, but credit to Donovan Smith. And if you missed this game, if nothing else, you need to go back and just check out Houston's uniforms, yeah. um, sporting the old Houston Oiler throwback unis, and they were they were pretty sweet. I I, I was a big fan of them. So, They're nice. They're clean. Yep. A little nostalgia clean. for you. All right. Those are, I'd say those are the bigger games, Drew. So let's, let's kind of quick hitter this thing and, and run through some of the others. Um, I'll, I'll start us off and then you throw in whoever you want. Let's go to Vandy because Vandy's two and oh, you know, they've, they've beat a couple, not so great teams with Hawaii and Alabama A&M, but they won. Uh, AJ Swan was only 15 of 29, which again, he, that was our concern going into the gate, into the year, very low completion percentage last year at 58%. Doesn't look like it's gotten any better, but yeah. again, Commodores are two and zero, and you can't ask for anything more than that for them. Yeah. Real quick. My problem on that game is that Vanderbilt started slow again in this game. Uh, and they play Wake Forest this week and they really need to win that game. They cannot start slow again. They've got to figure out a way to avoid sluggish starts. All right, pick the next one. You know, I'm going to go with, uh, you know, obviously my favorite team in the SEC, the Mizzou Tigers taking on South Dakota. I won't say too much about this game, but, hey, solid win, 35-10. to 10. Um, What I'll say about this is you got Brady Cook, you've got Sam Horn. Right now, Jordan, those two quarterbacks look like the exact same person uh, at this moment. I mean, neither one of them is better than the other. They look uh, identical, but it seems like the offense runs a little bit better with Brady Cook in there. He, he took the yep. first half. Sam Horn took the second half. Uh, and I'll give a little credit. Cody Schrader had a big game. I do not think he's going to be able to hold up an SEC play. But, uh, but you know, that defense is just unstoppable. So, you know, anyway, good dub for them. Uh, I still think the quarterback position is a major question at this point. I agree, and I agree. Cook Cook's definitely the guy I would go with, um, but was not sexy against a team like South Dakota like it should have been. Um, like you said, the defense was sexy. They they actually held South Dakota to 194 total yards, so you'll take that every day. Yeah. Um, yeah. All right, let's go. Let's do Ole Miss. So Ole Miss first play on defense gave up a 75 yard touchdown run. Yeah. Uh, what happened? After the that, begin, beginning of the Pete Golding era. Uh, after that, 160 yards total offense, Drew. Yeah, that's uh, that's that's yeah. pretty solid. All because of Quinshawn Jet. Oh wait, no, no, just kidding. He only had 60 yards. Oh, what Quinshawn? He wouldn't even yeah. show up, and these guys did that. He didn't even show up, and these guys did that, dude. What? I mean, listen to this, man. Here we go. Here's Ole Miss's drive. Touchdown. 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 Field goal. Touchdown. 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 <laughs> That ain't bad. Yeah. That ain't bad. Well, ain't basically, bad. basically, Mercer said, hey, you're not going to beat us on the ground with Quinshawn Judkins. That's right. And Ole Miss, and Ole Miss said, okay. Yep. And, uh, you know, Dart threw for 334 and four touchdowns. You yep. know, Trey Harris, Jordan Watkins, both over 100 yards. And, and Trey Harris was the big uh, transfer from Louisiana Tech we talked about before the season. So, and Michael Trigg looked good. I mean, 
if Ole Miss can go can get it going like that through the air this season, look out. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I'll say, leading into the next game, I think the exact same thing happened in the Arkansas game. Uh, Raheem Sanders only had forty-two yards rushing. He did have two touchdowns, but KJ had a day, two hundred forty-six yards, three touchdowns. But Western Carolina did the exact same thing Mercer did and said, "You will not beat us on the ground." A um, little bit concerning. So we want to see that run game get going. But uh, but Arkansas looked good um, in Little Rock. Uh, played well, dominant. The only thing is, I will say, Jordan, they had a lot of plays uh, that West Carolina hit for 15 or more yards pass plays. And so they've got to clean that up if they want that secondary and that defense to be better. But anyway, overall, they did what a uh, you know an SEC team should do to an FCS team. Well. And if you want to talk about SEC versus FCS, talk about Georgia. Georgia yeah. was not not sexy for the back-to-back national champions. They were only up seventeen to nothing at the half against UT Martin. Um, yeah. Less than ideal. Uh, and you know, with nine minutes left, it was in the in the first half. There was still only seven to nothing. So, not not what you'd expect for sure. Um, I don't know. Carson Beck was okay. 21 for 31 for 294 and a touchdown, but 62.0 QBR. I think you want to have a higher quarterback rating than that when you're playing UT Martin. So I, I can't yeah. imagine that they're overly excited about him so far. Yeah, I think they were – I think they're right reading their own press uh, press clippings, Jordan. I really do. I think that that first half was, was extremely uh, hard to watch, honestly. I mean, Brock Bowers did, did Brock Bowers-type things. Um, but Carson Beck didn't, didn't look – dominant so uh you know we we are sitting here talking about a 48 to 7 win not looking great you know but i mean it is georgia so we have a high measuring stick yeah um but just kind of a kind of boring game but i tell you what my probably my my most impressive player of the weekend in the sec alabama wins 56 to 7 and jalen milrow i thought solidified himself as he should have in that game, 194 yards through the air, three touchdowns, 48 yards uh, on the ground, two touchdowns, five total. Um, he just looked dominant. He was efficient. He looked good. Uh, the defense looked solid. I, I just thought Alabama did some good things. But the most important thing, they had to answer the question of who is our quarterback, and there was zero question on Saturday. It was Jalen Milrow. I mean, Buckner and Simpson didn't even get any run at all. Um, so I, anyway, I just thought it was really impressive. And I, I really think Alabama answered the question they needed to get answered this wow. weekend. Look at those sunshine and rainbows you're throwing. I'm just, Hey, I like it. I like time the row. It's time for some rain. Who, who did Alabama beat Drew? Yeah. Uh, yeah. 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 Is that yeah, middle yeah. Tennessee state you're bragging about? We'll, we'll find so, out. We'll I, find I think out there's some week. concerns. Uh, you know, Alabama outside of Milrow, who was, I mean, he was, he was very solid really didn't impress me that much with their running game. I mean, Jason McClellan was limited in this game, um, and you shouldn't be. You know, it is it is Middle Tennessee State. They should be able to walk over them. So, yeah, yeah. I don't know. We'll, we'll see. Again, we're going to find out a whole lot more about Alabama next week. So, we'll, sure. we'll see then. Um, yep. But speaking of running games, Mississippi State, Drew, and that is not a, that is not a mistake on my part. They actually ran the ball. I think I think Woody Marks might have had more carries in, in their game this week than all of last season. So Yeah. Yeah. You know, yeah. Nineteen carries, 127 yards, and two touchdowns. Mm. I mean, mm. for a Mississippi yeah. State running back, that is a far different look than the last few years. Yeah, yeah. It was. It was a little sluggish start, but uh they ended up 
kind of taking it. And, uh, you know, it wasn't a real exciting game. But, yeah, hey, that, that's a positive. We know Will Rogers can do the things he does. Um, yeah, and he and still had get, a solid game. Yeah, and to get Woody going, I mean, that's that's only – and Creed Whittemore had a good game as well. Um, so, I mean, I'm – I, I think it was a good a good start um, for these guys. So I, I think I think I think you know I have things to look forward to, things to build on here if you're Mississippi State. All right, well, let's let's build on it with Auburn then. Um, yeah, how about it? Looked good, although the I don't know that they necessarily answered our biggest question with them, which is you know Peyton Thorn. He no. was uh, they didn't have to do it he because bad. They, no, 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 he was fine. It just he was ten of seventeen for 141 yards and one touchdown. So right. Which is fine when you can run for 289 yards and six touchdowns. So sure. they ran the ball at will. I would have liked to have seen a little bit more Peyton Thorne just so we know what we're working with. Yeah. Um, yeah. But that may be by design. Well, you know, Robbie Ashford, Hugh said it. Robbie Ashford is going to have a place in this offense. And he did three touchdowns on Saturday. I still don't know how all that looks when SEC play starts and all that. But, um, you know, he didn't. He passed a couple times and still looked horrible at that. So, uh, you know, I mean, when they get when they get in the red zone, he's going to be a, a nice weapon to have. But you know, for Auburn, man, that place was rocking. They're excited to see good football again. Um, Auburn is a dangerous, dangerous team. If this team gets going, um, man, watch out. And hey, listen, they beat the Minutemen. I mean, I told you last week, watch out for the Minutemen, dude. And they beat these guys. So I mean, come yeah. on, you know. <laughs> I, I, I don't know how big of a win that is, but okay. I'm off. I'm off that train. I'm off the Minutemen yeah. train now. <laughs> yeah. So, well, you know, talk about a big win. A&M, you know, obviously it's, it's New Mexico. That's not the, it's not going to get carried away. But for the first time in a long time, we have saw somebody for A&M play well at the quarterback position. I, mean, yeah. I think really Weg- good. Really yeah, good. Wegman led the, uh, led the conference in QBR. Huge day. 236 yards, five touchdowns. Um, you know, Noah Thomas and Evan Stewart combined for five touchdowns receiving. So, just a different looking A&M offense under Bobby Petrino. Now, I will say the one question mark I still see, because the, the defense was great. The defense is still going to be good for A&M. The O-line still a question mark for me. So, if they can get their O-line to play up to the level they need, this team could be scary good. Yep, yep, I agree. Yeah, I mean, the offense was what we wanted to see. You know, I mean, they were – and, and Wegman was not just, you know, hitting rinker dink passes here. He was he was letting it loose, and yep. uh, he looked really good. And I'm telling you, if he plays like this throughout, A&M's going to be a problem, and Connor Wegman's going to be a problem. I mean, if he plays like that every week, he's going to be in the Heisman. I mean, chalk too. I mean, he, you know, he he played that good. We'll see this week. They go to Miami, so it's it's a big big test, big test. Well, you know who does not look like they're ready for Heisman talk is Devin Leary in Kentucky. No, he doesn't. I was disappointed, he- Jordan. I was disappointed. I don't remember if he ended up being last in the conference, but 44.7 QB rating. Not yeah. not ideal. Now, luckily, no. Ray Davis took off some of the pressure because he had 14 carries for 112 yards, and they were playing Ball State. So, yeah. it was enough to win, but not what you wanted to see from Devin Leary game one. No. we You know, and maybe we've hyped him up way too much. I don't know. Uh, but Ray Davis looked the part, you know, he did. He looked the part. And uh, the Kentucky defense, in my opinion, looked good. So, you know, week one is what it is. I'm not going to – again, I'm not reading too much into it. But we need to see some more from Devin Leary this week for sure. All right. Let's uh, let's talk BYU pulling a shutout over Sam Houston, 14 to nothing. That's uh, – Yeah, special. You know, 
special not stuff. A, not a real sexy looking game and not a real sexy opponent, but again, like we talked about with Vandy, a win's a win, and I don't think either of us was overly high on BYU for this season. So you take what you can get. Yeah, I mean it's a win. It, it's I think it's gonna be a long year. So I watched some of this game actually, and it was uh it was a snoozer. So uh, they've like they've watching Big tough, Ten football. Yeah, exactly. They've got some tough games ahead, so I hope they enjoyed this dub. Uh, you know, so hey, talk about a, a tough game to watch. Another game that almost would make you fall asleep. How about uh, those UCA Bears going to Oklahoma State, and giving them a real problem in Stillwater? Uh, you know, disappointing game for Oklahoma State. They still just look like they haven't figured it out from last year. Well, um, they did. You lose. They did pull it out. Yeah, I mean, you lose Spencer Sanders to go sure. ride the pine at Ole Miss, and you can't figure out your quarterback. We talked about yeah. it before the season. You're like, hey, maybe it's going to be Wrangell, which I think we expected. Maybe it's going to be Alan Bowman. Well, turns out on, on Saturday that neither one of them got it done, and they had to go to the third quarterback, which is Mike Gundy's son, Gunnar Gundy. And Gunnar Gundy's the one that led him to the victory because going into the fourth quarter, Oklahoma State was only up 13-7, to and that game was yeah. very much in doubt. Um, yeah. You know, he let him do a couple quick touchdown drives and, and put it away. But still, that is a that is an FCS opponent and not a good look for Oklahoma State. It, I, I think it's going to be a long year for them. Oklahoma State's another team like Baylor. I'm staying away. I'm not touching it with a 10-foot stick. I mean, I'm just not not going to do it, man. It, uh, it just, you know, you can't figure them out right now. So, cannot figure them out. Stay away. But, hey. How about their rival, the Oklahoma Sooners, going 73 to nothing, making Butch Jones cry on the sideline in the <laughs> middle of the game? Uh, you know, really, Drew, a, you had to call out Butch like that? Uh, no, what a beatdown. What a beatdown. You know, Dylan Gabriel played really solid. Um, but just a just an ugly, ugly game. I mean, you know, Arkansas State, honestly, is too good of a kind of middle tier type team to get beat like this. But, you know, I, I don't really know what to take from this, Jordan. I mean, I know you're obviously an OU fan, but uh, if you're an OU fan, you have to be happy um, with kind of how it was done and the talent and the win. But I mean, yeah. really, what did, what did we learn? I mean, I think this well, week we'll learn a little bit more against SMU, but we'll see. We'll see. Yeah. I think, I think biggest takeaway for Oklahoma from this one is the fact that they shut them out, you know? Yes. The biggest issue for Oklahoma last year was they'd be great in the beginning of games because their starters were solid on defense, and then they just they had nobody left. You know, by the end of the game, they were just that defense was gassed, especially with the up tempo offense running. So, and, and you know, this year you look at it, and they're they're starting DNs from last year. Both of them are back, and both are third string now, and barely even played in this game. So. Right. Definitely an upgrade in talent and just overall depth of talent. So I think that's that's the big thing for Oklahoma on this one. Yeah, yeah. Uh, let's talk. Uh, let's talk a little Iowa State and Northern Iowa. I know that that's one everybody made sure to catch. Um, <laughs> I, you know, I, honestly, I was impressed with Iowa State more so than I thought I'd be, just because they lost their starting quarterback right before the before the season starts. They lost their starting running back right before the season starts, and they come out and they go up 30 to nothing on Northern Iowa. They gave up, you know, nine points late, but again, trash points and, and they, they handled that game. So credit to them. They, they may be better than we expected. Um, or they may just have gotten lucky against a really bad Northern Iowa team. So I guess, I guess we'll see on that one, Drew. Yeah. They played their cards, right? 
You know what I mean? <laughs> oh, <laughs> is that a gambling uh, pun? Yeah. <laughs> no, they were. They were better than expected. So, uh, definitely did not tune into that game. But, hey, this week I got you. I got you, Iowa State. I'll be, I'll be watching. I'll be watching. <laughs> well, another team we had down there was Cincinnati, and they, they took care of business. 66 to 13 over Eastern Kentucky and a little former Florida flavor with Emory Jones at quarterback. And he threw for 345 and five touchdowns, Drew. Heck of a game. He's always had the talent, and it's good to see. It's really good to see. So I guess we, we've only got a couple left. So let's, let's wrap up with K-State. 45 nothing win over another FCS opponent. Uh, mm-hmm. not, not Again, FCS opponent. I'm not. There's not going to be a whole lot you can take from that. But Will Howard was solid, and uh, I, I think K State's one of the few teams that, at the end of this week, was able to say, "Yeah, we're we're still a contender in this conference." Yeah. If there's one thing I could say, though, I don't. I didn't like that Will Howard threw a pick, and uh, I thought he he should be a little bit cleaner than that. But you know, we're splitting we're splitting hairs at this point, uh, talking about those types of things. But you know, they can clean it up a little bit, um, you know, <laughs> with the shout. <laughs> as I, right. as I yeah. say that, they had a shutout, you know. But anyway, anyway. But, hey, moving on, though, the game that I thought was weird was the Texas game. And, you know, yeah. you talk about a tune-up to Alabama, and they just were not dominant, Jordan. I mean, they weren't dominant like yeah. you expect them to. You look at the roster, this shouldn't even been a contest. And, I mean, JT Daniels was horrible for Rice, and yet it ends up being a 37-10 to game. Um, just not impressive, I, and it wasn't that you know it was closer than that throughout the game. So I, well, yeah, I don't know. I man. mean, you're talking seven three Texas after one quarter, and then second quarter they had to settle for three field goals. So uh, I don't know. Very uneven from the offensive side of things for for Texas. So it, it'll be interesting to see how they do this upcoming weekend. Part of it's going to be that neither them or Bama wanted to show anything exotic. I mean, this right. was a basic bunch that they're they're throwing out there but still even basic you should be able to run over rice absolutely absolutely agreed so agreed um going on to uh i guess our our last one to get in there is kansas uh jayhawks looked good you know they they struggled early on they were only up 17 10 on missouri state at half but they turned it on in the second half you know they no jalen daniels no problem they brought in Bean, and, and Jason Bean ran the offense and, and got it going in the second half. And, you know, some of that was the running game. But, you know, when you're Kansas, you take the wins where you get them as well. Yep. 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 I agree. Cool. Well, we'll uh, let's go bring Brandon Marcel on to, to chat with us for a minute, and then we'll get into next week's games. All right, so coming on to the podcast with us now is Brandon Marcello. He is a national reporter from 24-7 Sports. Brandon, we appreciate you coming on. Hey, thanks for having me. I appreciate it, man. And, uh, you know, it's it's kind of a tough deal for me. You know, dealing with one hog on the podcast is tough enough, but now we have another University of Arkansas grad <laughs> coming on. So <laughs> I'll, 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 I'll suffer through. Yeah, um, yeah. So, Brandon, I guess kind of first thing, Give us a little bit of background, where you came from, how you got to where you are with uh, with 24-7. Yeah, I've, uh, you know, I went to the University of Arkansas. I actually got my start doing, uh, I was a managing editor for the Nashville News in southwest Arkansas for a little less than a year. And then started doing some local government reporting for the uh, now defunct newspaper, the, the Morning News of northwest Arkansas. 
and um, you know, finally got back into sports after being in college uh, uh, less than a year into that at the Northwest Arkansas Times, and that kind of spun off into a, a gig where I was like the fourth or fifth backup uh, covering Razorback stuff, and then I started <laughs> doing a blog called the Slop House Blog, and um, became online sports editor for the paper, and then in addition, the Arkansas Democrat Gazette. And uh, uh, from there, went and covered Mississippi State for the Jackson Clarion Ledger as my first full-time beach, beach writing job, so to speak. Did that for a few years in the early Dan Mullen era. And when, then went to Auburn, right, uh, I think a couple months after Gus Malzahn was hired there um, in the spring of 2013. And was there for seven years and uh, then got, this, got promoted to this gig as doing national reporting on the college football level um, and uh, having a ball. Awesome. Awesome. Well, Brandon, you've got tons of experience, obviously, and that's what, why we wanted to have you on. But kind of tell us your, your initial thoughts after the first real uh, full week of SEC play. I know there were a lot of surprises week one, for sure, a lot of cupcake games as well. But, um, you know, one thing I had noticed, and I, and I completely agree with you, you know, the LSU game is the big talk, but – you know, give us your take on, you know, what was their usage of guys like Harold Perkins on the defense? Uh, why was that puzzling? Why was that head-scratching? And also kind of talk about some of the more surprising things that you saw week one in the SEC. Yeah, you know, back in the spring, I almost thought it was a joke when I was reading that Harold Perkins was practicing an inside linebacker, that they were moving him over there to kind of get him more ready for the NFL. And I understand from a coaching perspective, a lot of coaches want to do that for their players. We want to prepare you for the NFL, get you in the best position for that. But you're also trying to win ball games. And they stuck with that. They went into the opener, and I saw where Pro Football Focus put on there that he had only rushed the powers passer like seven times, was in pass coverage a career high amount, nearly 30 times in pass coverage. And, you know, that's just not his strength. His strength is rushing the passer. And they took him out of that. And I'm not, I'm not sure he would have been incredibly <clears throat> successful against Jordan Travis, Florida State, and the way they were playing. And obviously, and LSU already had a spy kind of on him. But it just didn't make any sense to me. And I, I, I even said this. It's, like, it's almost like LSU's coaches might as well have asked one of his teammates to, go, to block him every, every play. Yeah. Uh, and yeah. Just, and, yeah. I didn't understand Brent it. Brandon, you're talking about pro football focus. I think I saw he was the lowest graded defender on LSU's team. Um, Well, they've had legitimate snaps in the game. And and the majority of it was as a linebacker. You know, he he actually had a really nice grade when when rushing the passer, but it was so limited. Yeah. It just doesn't make sense. I, I, I... Sometimes coaches think too hard. And then, um, then they also say, Hey, we're going to help you out with this. And maybe it's, I, I'm not sure if that's something Harold Perkins wants or not, but I'm going to tell you, it's going to hurt Harold Perkins. If he's playing an inside linebacker, he's going to yeah. be completely eliminated in games. It looks like I, right. I, I don't get it. No. Well, outside of the Harold Perkins fiasco, what is, what were your kind of, I don't know. Give me a couple of your biggest takeaways from week one nationally. Whew. Well, um, you know, Florida state, Obviously, I, I just think to me they look like a legit playoff contender. They're deep. They're pretty good along the offensive lines, defensive fronts, and they've got two receivers. And Johnny Wilson and Keon Coleman are absolute mismatches for practically everybody out there. Um, the, the also, 
You know, how about the the Pac-12 starting hot? They're thirteen and zero to start the season, and um, no one's ever in done a, that before. And in listen, a dying conference, in no a less. dying conference. And listen, we you know going into the season, we knew that it was going to be the conference of quarterbacks. They had eight quarterbacks coming back with three thousand yards passing in a season, and boy, uh, you know the best team in that league may potentially be Utah, the back-to-back Pac-12 champions, and. They're playing a backup quarterback right now. So what's that tell you about the strength of that league? It'll be interesting. That how amazing would it be if the Pac-12 goes, gets into the playoff and, and it ends up being maybe the strongest top-heavy conference, as we say, in college football in its final uh, shindig, so to speak. There was also some like smaller results that really surprised me. Texas Tech losing the way they did at Wyoming, where they just looked listless mm-hmm. in the second half really kind of putting a damper on what was going to be a big week two matchup with Oregon coming to Texas tech and Tyler Shuck, the Texas tech quarterback being a former starter at quarterback for Oregon after, before transferring from there to Texas tech. Um, And then how about Texas state going on the road and just bludgeoning Baylor? Uh, They were up double digits throughout the second half. Baylor made changes along its defensive uh, staff, including, uh, you know, I think Ron Roberts, the defensive coordinator, was fired from there. Auburn hired him, and now the defense looks even worse. Uh, very, <laughs> I, I don't understand what's going on at, at Baylor, but kudos to Texas State, the program with, by the way, outside of Colorado, the second most transfers in college football, and they went into Go Baylor figure. and beat them. Yeah. Right. Well, and you know, Brandon, we've already again. This is a Big Twelve SEC podcast, so we've uh, we've done enough pooping on the on the two conferences after that first week of games. Yeah, um, it was ugly. So let's try to let's get a little bit of sunshine and rainbows. Give me a couple schools from both conferences that you're a little more stock up on after after one week. OU, I think I had them like near the bottom of my top thirty that I do every week going into the preseason, and I've got them like knocking on the door of the top ten now. Wow. Um, I know it was Arkansas State, and Arkansas State's been falling apart under Butch Jones, which yep. brick by brick, imagine that. And uh, <laughs> <laughs> you could have predicted that, huh? That's oh, right. Man. That's right. Yeah, there, there was a whole lot of uh, Tennessee volunteer action on Twitter about, about Butch Jones, so no no love lost there. Yeah, so I think I saw someone on Twitter say, like, he, he it's like he's just sitting in a Tony Robbins seminar all the time, just <laughs> – and he's saying all these quotes and everything. And he's like Tony Robbins without the results. Um, <laughs> That's great. Yeah. I, I'm not really high on OU now. And goodness gracious, you know, Dylan, I like Dylan Gabriel at quarterback, but man, Jackson Arnold's just sitting there and looked great off the bench. Like, you know, maybe they'll get him more involved. Um, you know, future, or I should say past big 12 member and future big 12 member Colorado looked, I think he, I think everybody that that just was not necessarily shocking, but it was just amazing to watch, you know, Shador Sanders throwing for over 500 yards. And of course, my goodness, Travis Hunter playing 149 snaps playing both yeah. ways. We've never <clears throat> seen anything like that in modern college football, especially in right. that heat. Uh, it's insane, but um, I can't wait to see what they can do week to week. Cause they've got some obvious weaknesses along the offensive line. They can't really run the ball effectively, but offensive coordinator Sean Lewis, who quit his job as a head coach at Kent State to go to Colorado with Dion, schemed around that, and they've got a lot of smart coaches on that staff. Um, but yeah, uh, you know, stick to the Big Twelve and SEC. There wasn't really a lot like, oh man, that team really jumped out. Oh, you did. 
I was really disappointed in Florida's offensive line at Utah. I was, I was in Utah for that game and watched that one. Yep. The right side of their offensive line is just dreadful. They did not do a very good job of picking up the blitz at running back or at tight end. And the personnel is a personnel there, you know, right? And it's not going to get mm-hmm. better, I don't think. And that's a bad sign for them going into this year. Um, you know, well, otherwise that's, that's teams, a big one we talked about. Yeah. Was, you know, Florida, you know, we knew what we were getting with Graham Mertz. You're going to get an average quarterback that can manage a game, but we, we expected Florida to at least have a running game and it was non-existent. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And that that's a, you got to run the ball in the sec to be successful. And they just, they got way too many holes as of right now. And Billy Napier, I think will still get another year because his recruiting is doing so well. They're number three, I think in the nation right now, but you know, they need to show some positive signs. I mean, they got, they got like the largest staff in the sec and yet they don't have one person on that staff that can realize that they got two players on the field with the same number at the same time. Right. <laughs> right. Uh, right. Yeah. What Puzzling. the hell, what the hell's going yeah. on? Yeah. Puzzling. Yeah. I'll say, so to the Dion. Everybody wants to talk about that right now. Obviously, that's the hot topic. But, you know, what is your take, Brandon, you know, on this this instant Dion success with the transfer portal? Uh, obviously, his personality, how it uh, coincides with college football today. You know, are you a fan of it? Um, you know, how is it being a media member covering Dion, that kind of thing? And, and what all does he bring to college football in this in this era that we're in now? Yeah, he brings attention to it, and he's capitalizing on a on a changing era, as you mentioned, where it's one we want results now, but also too, it's all about personalities and tapping into emotion. And you know, you see it in politics nowadays. And I think Dion's got that got that down pat. And what you're going to see, I think, as a result of this, is you're going to see more ads out there, more willing to quote unquote take a chance on a coach to blow up the program. And by that, I mean a coach will come in get rid of whoever they want on that roster and then go to the transfer portal and rebuild it. Because not only at Colorado, you're seeing the success, but as I mentioned, Texas state, you're seeing the success here early. Now we'll see week to week if they can keep it up, but I'm telling you those rosters were obviously upgraded uh, in this off season. So other ADs are going to go, Oh yeah, maybe we can do that. And it's legal to do that right now. So let's just go play the game and, and get that done. Let's do it. Um, as far as covering him, it's it's different, as you would imagine. You know, you don't necessarily like I've tried to talk to him, try to go through his SID, the sports information director there. And they just straight up tell you, listen, um, you got to go through his people. You got to go through mm-hmm. his his crew that he's he's hired. It's uh, it's different. But Dion is different. And he's been successful in practically every single thing he's ever done in his life. And so he does things his way. And there's only a select few in this industry that can dictate the terms and and make up the rules and Dion's one of them and for good reason because he he just gets results and he is a personality that people gravitate to he's a leader that people can believe in and they trust and um it's i i've been i've long been a supporter of saying that Dion is going to be successful whatever he ends up coaching what whatever level it was in college football and um He's a fantastic CEO. I don't think he gets enough credit for that and handling the behind the scenes mm-hmm. stuff, managing a staff, building a staff, managing the game day stuff, having the executive decisions behind closed doors. And um, it's, it's crazy just how quickly he's able to get Colorado back on the map one, but two to actually get a win right out of the gate. I, you know, listen, yeah. 
they could win three games this year, I don't care. I still term it as a success because you open the season and you beat TCU was in the national championship game. You you went all over them. Having said that, I, TCU or excuse me, um, Colorado is going to win more than three games this year. Um, but the thing is, is that everybody's just wait. Everybody loves to hop on failure. They love to attack people who fail. And the moment he loses a game, Dion, people are going to go after him, and it's going to be interesting to see how he reacts to that. Yeah, right. Totally, right. totally agree. But I mean, again, you talk about it coming out there and winning that game against the you know national championship runner-up. What a huge swing for that program. And and you got to imagine you're going to start seeing it really pay dividends on the recruiting trail because, you know, Colorado, they brought in an okay class, but it, there was nothing overly sexy about their class last year. This class could be good now that he's shown an oh, actual yeah. result game one. Yeah. And that's why everybody goes, well, he's just going to keep going the transfer portal year after year. It's like, no, not necessarily. He's going to get a good mix of high school kids in there. And he's been getting after these big time four star and five star high school kids. And he's only going to get more notice now that they're winning games and he's showing the product on the field. Uh, and, um, you know, he's going to, he's, he's not just rocking the boat. I think he's stocking the boat. He's going to, yeah. he's going to get that thing filled up with some high quality high school guys. Yeah. Well, and I think the only real high end guy that he landed last year was Dylan Edwards and you got to see him on full display against TCU. So Oh, yeah, definitely. I mean, and that's the thing. It's like he can go in there and he can tell a guy whether he's going to play, you know, immediately. Um, and, you know, also, don't forget, they got Kermani McClain as well. Um, yeah. That, I, I, sorry, I completely forgot about McClain. Yeah, I mean, so, I mean, but I, I think they're just going to get deeper classes where they've got, you know, maybe, you know, I, I don't know. I'm just throwing a number out there. Ten blue chip guys in a class of 23, and then they get their transfers that they need as well. Gotcha. Well, before we let you go here, obviously the big game that everybody's talking about, especially within the Big 12 SEC, we got to get your prediction, your thoughts on Texas, Bama. Man, I, I can't wait to watch it. Um, I I think it's going to be a good one. I just I wonder which quarterback can handle himself in that atmosphere and Jalen Milrow had a pretty good debut as the quote unquote full-time starter in their opener against middle Tennessee made some dynamic throws. I think I was just watching the highlights, like the play by play by play. And there was like two throws. I was like, I kind of went, uh, but that's typical for a great quarterback. Not sure he's elite, but he's good enough for them to probably get in the playoff. Alabama's defense though, is the story that maybe not a lot of us are talking about enough and that, and that, I mean, it might actually be a top three defense in the country, if not the best one. And that is a humongous development because the last two years, it has not been that. I don't care what anybody says. It's been a little, a little bit of a liability in some games and man, mm -hmm. that's going to be a very difficult matchup for Quinn Ewers and that Texas offense. And with it being in Tuscaloosa, very difficult. Um, you know, if I had to put a score prediction on it now, it's very early in the week, I would say um, Alabama uh, 28, Texas 17. I'll say it's a double-digit wow. win. Okay. Yeah, yeah I, I just really like that Alabama defense, the way they've been playing. Well, fair enough. You you know, you're on the same side as Drew, I'd imagine, in this one. Yeah. So, yeah, Absolutely. we um, – and again, Brandon, we, we appreciate all your insight and, and everything you, 
you bring on a national on a national reporting level. So thanks again for coming on the on the podcast and we hope to have you on again sometime. Hey, anytime. Thanks guys. Thanks, Brandon. Well, Drew, I don't think there's really anywhere else to start for week two, except for the game that involves both of our conferences and both teams that we picked to win the conferences. Um, Alabama, Texas, give me your first initial thoughts. You know, it's an interesting game because um, I wouldn't say Quinn Ewers or Jalen Milrow were unbelievable uh, the week before. I mean, I thought Jalen – proved a lot more me you and I may disagree on that that behalf as we did earlier but I think Jalen proved quite a bit week one uh Quinn's got to be way 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 better in my opinion but what I think about this game is I think both teams didn't play anybody of talent week one and I think we're gonna see um the entire playbook completely opened up this week we're gonna see guys um, play at the elite potential that they can, and we're going to see an incredible game in Bryant Denny. And uh, and there's bad blood here too. I mean, it, that that's the exciting part. I mean, there's bad blood. I, I laughed um, where uh, it looked like the Bama uh, Bama administration returned the favor to Texas and uh, gave them only upper deck seating uh, for as the they band. should yeah. for the band uh, as as they returned that favor from Texas from last year. So anyway, but I think we're going to see the elite play that. We want to see, but Jordan, really, you could argue that it's going to come down to the quarterback play that will win this game in the big moments. Yeah. So before I give my take, Drew, who's going to win the game? I'm going. I'm going with the home team for at Bryant Denny. Of I just course, can't. you are. You I'm SEC not, homer. You. I'm not. I'm not betting against me. If Texas would have been more dominant week one, I would have really struggled with it, but. Um, I, I feel fairly confident that that, that Alabama is going to win a tight one. Okay, that's fair. So you know, I think, and again, the the whole way season the season is going to go for Texas is: are we going to get good Quinn Ewers or bad Quinn Ewers? Because we've mm-hmm. seen both, and he is very unpredictable. Um, I, I think their running game is going to be solid, and Texas has some freak show playmakers at the receiving positions and i'm not just talking to receivers obviously xavier worthy's phenomenal um ad mitchell great jordan whittington but again at the tight end i think they've got probably the best tight end in the conference with with jatavian sanders so yes i I think they've got a lot of weapons that they have not even shown in week one that they're going to use um i don't know it's i think it'll be a good game one concern as i did hear that dj campbell the one of the linemen for Texas got rolled up on. He's going to be out for this game. So you don't necessarily want to have a play, have to play a backup offensive lineman against Alabama. They're, uh, they're kind of known for a decent defensive line. Typically sort of, sort of uh, for that, sort of not for that. That being said, Drew, I'm going to go against you and I'm going to pick against the spread of seven points. I'm going to take Texas. Okay. I, I said, I would do it before the season. I will say week one did not help my confidence on that, but I'm going to, I'm going to stick with what I said. I think I think Quinn Ewers outplays Jalen Milrow. Interesting. So, okay. Yeah. All right. So no, I mean J- Jalen Milrow. Uh, Jalen, if you're listening to this, you know, just remember remember who your fan is. And Jordan picks <laughs> yeah. Sark, Jordan picks Sark over 
saving. Somebody go send somebody over to Jordan's house, check his temperature, man. Make sure he's okay. Hey, make sure he's okay. Ho- hopefully, Milrose not keeping receipts like Dion does. So <laughs> that's right. That's right. All right, let's uh, let's talk another big game. Another like we talked about earlier, ranked matchup: Ole Miss, Tulane. I uh, yeah, I think it's an intriguing game. And keep in mind, Tulane is the home team here, so this is this is no uh, easy stroll for Ole Miss. They're only favored by. Well, the line was five and a half. Now it's up to seven and a half. So there, there's some faith in the Rebels. I kind of like Tulane plus seven and a half, though. Yeah, yeah, I, I like that bet. Um, I don't know. This this is interesting being in New Orleans, um, you know, which, I mean, I, that doesn't say a whole lot. I mean, there will be a ton of That Tulane atmosphere is going to be crazy. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Uh, but, you know, this will be a, a gut check game for, for Ole Miss, no doubt. I just think uh, – I don't know. I, I think Quinshawn is probably chomping at the bits to get going this week. And um, I, I don't know. This is this is a really, really tough game. That line is super interesting at seven and a half. Um, but I'm going Ole Miss on this one. Uh, too much firepower. I think Quinshawn gets going. Yeah. But I, I do think it's close. And, you know, I, I don't know, man. I'm seeing like a – Maybe a, a six-point game, three-point game. I mean, I think it'll be tough. I think it'll be tight. Yeah, I think it'll be tight. I, I agree. Thirty-seven, thirty, something along yep. those lines. I could. I could high see scoring. It. High scoring. Uh, I, I'm gonna. I'm gonna go with Ole Miss as well. I think they win it. Uh, but I, I think Tulane's a good team, scrappy team. They brought a lot back from last year. So you know, if nothing else, it should be a good and entertaining game. And and I should say, Drew, we're talking a lot about lines. FYI, FYI, for those of you listening, I will bring back my big three bets from last season. Um, I won't start that until conference play because I like, I don't like to make a whole lot of bets in the early season. I like to get a feel for everybody, and especially when we get into conference season, I'm watching a ton of all these teams. I don't, I don't like making bets with Ole Miss and Tulane when my my Tulane knowledge is pretty limited. So, uh, you know, go from that big battle over to the state of Kentucky with Kentucky versus Eastern Kentucky, Drew. That'll be a barn burner. Oh, man. I'm so worried about that game. Huge game. Huge game. Especially, <laughs> Eastern, especially after we saw how, what Eastern Kentucky did last week. So, yeah. Yeah, real worried. Real worried about yeah. it. So. <laughs> no, we, we won't spend much time on it, but hopefully Devin Leary looks a little better this week. Um, yes. Then you got Georgia Ball State. I don't I don't think we have to – I don't know that we even need to discuss that. Um, Ball State doesn't have a team. Kentucky hurt everybody. I'm telling you, man. They, their quarterback yeah. got hurt, their best linebacker. So, anyway. Ball State's got nobody to even bring. Well, perfect. Uh, Works out well for the Bulldogs. Yeah, absolutely. So, uh, Vanderbilt, Wake Forest. Now, that one's actually an intriguing game, Drew. I, uh, you know, Wake Forest is not a bad team. They're favored by 10.5. But Vandy, if they could pull it off and be 3-0 and to start the year, that'd be that'd be a monstrous win for them. Yeah, not seeing it. So, uh, I've just – Just shut it down right I away. just – they have not been impressive in this two weeks. And so, I just think if they have another sluggish start, I think Wake Forest is good enough to take advantage of it. All right. Well, you know what? If Vandy wins, we're going to have to bring a Vandy person on to the podcast. We are. To talk about it. We can. Yeah. We can do that. Yeah. We can do that. So, okay. Let's talk an actual big matchup. A&M, Miami, repeat from last year. It was an ugly game last year, 17-9, to I believe, was the final – who are you picking this year? Ben Coral Gables. Yeah. Um, you know, Miami, I guess they won big against Miami of Ohio uh, Saturday. Not not much to learn there. But um, 
I, I, you know, I don't think there's any home field advantage to be worried about uh, at Miami. It's fair. There might be uh, more AM fans there. Yeah, so I'm not really concerned about that. Uh, I, I'm just not picking against AM right now. With what we saw week one and that offense being opened up in the book, completely being available to Connor Wigman and him dealing like he is, I mean, man, you got to get excited. And if they win this game, uh, they're going to get tough quick. And so I, I'm taking AM in this one. Yep. And I'm going to do the same, although the Aggie fans probably won't be happy because if you remember anything from last season, every time I picked A&M, they lost. So (laughs) we'll we'll see if that holds true this year. Um, You know, one team that lost a lot last year, Arkansas, taking on Kent State this week. Um, You know, the Hogs are a 38-point favorite, Drew. How do you feel Mm -hmm. about that line? Uh, I think think the Hogs uh, cover it. I do think they cover it. Uh, I, I I watched Kent State last week against UCF, and uh, not much not much going on there. So yeah, they uh, lost by fifty to UCF. So yeah, yeah. So I'm feeling pretty good about that. But yeah, got to get Rocket going. Really, all you can say is how you get better. Uh, week three, you got BYU coming to coming to Fayetteville. So this is just kind of a tune up week. Yeah, uh, we're not going to find out anything new on on Joe Milton. You know, I think I think we might have missed Tennessee in our we did we, in our we reviews. Did. Totally forgot. Let's we did. We'll we'll jump back in there. Tennessee, um, honestly, was one of the best wins. It probably was the best win from the SEC in Week One, and we somehow missed it on our uh, on our group. But you know, Joe Milton looked he looked solid, um, not not invincible, but he had a he had a solid performance. I know he had one deep ball that you know was right on the money and just got dropped. Um, about 60 yards down the field, but overall did what you want to expect or what you'd expect from him against a bad Virginia team. And, and he's not going to see anything tougher with Austin P. So, yeah, yeah, yeah. No, I, you know, he, uh, a lot of people, I guess, you know, gave him a hard time about that first half. I mean, I'll say this, he doesn't look like a Heisman contender right now, but, uh, man, the potential, the ceiling is so high. And I mean, look, they beat Virginia that bad. I mean, it's not like they beat, yeah. you know, like we did Western Carolina. I mean, a formidable, you know, power five opponent here. So let's 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 give him a little credit. Let's give him a little credit. You want to give a little credit to Mizzou as they take on Middle Tennessee State this week, Drew? Yeah. You, <laughs> yeah. you gave Bama a lot of credit for beating Middle Tennessee State. Oh, geez. No, I'm not even going to go there. This won't even be a game. Won't even be a game. Not going to spend time on it. Not going to spend time on it. <laughs> well, they are 20 and a half point favorite, but so was TCU. So there we'll see. Go. We'll see. And I, I think Brady Cook's going to solidify himself as the starter in this one. Okay. Like um, speaking Cooking. of not a game, LSU Grambling. Mm. Mm. Yeah, mm. let's. Uh, we'll just keep moving. I think Grambling is going to get a lot of the frustration from the Bayou yeah. Bengals. <laughs> let's all pray for Grambling this week. <laughs> <laughs> uh, well, while you're at it, you might throw in some prayers for McNeese State uh, <laughs> taking on Florida and uh, Furman taking on South Carolina. Oh. Boy, so, I tell you, we need a, the prayer list. Is, is prayer, getting yeah. lengthier, but. <laughs> Yeah, get the prayer list going around, people. A um, couple of legit opponents. Mississippi State's going to be hosting Arizona. Um, I, you know, I like I like Mississippi State in that one. I think they 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 did some things to impress me in week one. Yeah, Arizona. Uh, you know, Mississippi State better not get too comfortable though, because Arizona has got a pretty good quarterback, um, and so they better not overlook this game. Although with it being in Cowbell City, not seeing a a loss by any means, but uh, yeah, it could be could be a little closer than they think. But yeah, we're taking Mississippi State all day. Well, meanwhile, Auburn's got to go on the road to Cal. Yeah, uh, I, I think that's a honestly that's a big game for Auburn. 
like you cannot you, you cannot afford to lose it. Um, you need to start building momentum. And and I don't know. After week one, Drew, I I feel like Auburn might be better than we originally thought. Yeah, and this game, dude, this game is at nine thirty at night, so uh, it's yeah. it's gonna. It'll be pretty hard to watch this game, but yeah, uh, I'll check the highlights, Drew. I'm, yeah. I'm not staying up to watch that. Yeah, I mean, there's there's just I think Auburn, which is runs exactly away. why the Pac-12 is dying. Yeah, I think Auburn knows what's at stake, at stake here. I mean, if you look down the road, uh, A&M and uh, Auburn can both be three and zero going into their first SEC game uh, where they play each other. And man, you talk about an exciting game. Uh, that could be a big time week. So oh, yeah. definitely seeing Auburn rolling on the, in this one, no doubt. Too much at stake. Too much at stake. All right, well, let's, uh, let's switch conferences and go over to the first game of the week. We get a little Friday night action between Illinois and Kansas. Mm. Um, you know what? I love it because it's, it's something to watch on a Friday night. Um, oh, you know what? I say that, and I realize that is my anniversary, so we will be out to dinner that night. Yeah. <laughs> well, <laughs> well that sucks. My condolences. Uh, don't my don't tell my wife. Okay. Don't tell my wife. Yeah, I was, I was looking forward to this game, but, you know. What are you, what are you going to do? Uh, it's too um, bad. I, I made the reservations for Friday night because I sure as heck wasn't going to make them on Saturday. That's right. That's um, right. <laughs> you know, that's how much – everybody, I want you to know, that's how much I love my wife. I was willing yeah. to for, forego watching Kansas and Illinois for her. So, um, I, I would assume Jalen Daniels will be back for this one. I think they were just being cautious with resting in week one. But I guess I guess we'll see. Come closer to game time. Right. Um, well, one game that's not going to be as big as we probably originally thought, Drew. Utah going down to Waco to take on Baylor. No, no, this could be a this could be a bloodbath right here, buddy. Let me tell you, unless unless all your Robertson uh, just becomes uh, freaking Peyton Manning overnight, this is uh, <laughs> this is going to be it's going to be a tough one to swallow. But well, you know, we'll we'll see. I, I mean, I'm not again. I, I'm not going to completely count Baylor out. I am panicking on them and running from them. Um, and man, if Cam Rising comes back too, which I don't know what the status is on him, but if he actually comes back this week, you know that could be really tough. So uh, that, not liking not liking Baylor's chances in this one. Well, and I don't know if we mentioned it before, but you know Cam Rising might come back, but Blake Shapen will not be back for Baylor. No, nope. um, no, he's going to be out two to three weeks with an MCL injury. So yeah, who knows when he comes back from that? But it will not be this weekend against Utah, and I. Like Drew said, I don't I don't like Sawyer Robertson's chance against the Utes. Um, Not at all. All right, one of our pick'em games, Drew, Iowa, Iowa State, the battle to get to six points and a victory. Who do you like? Oh man, you know, um, where's this game at? This game it is in Ames. It is in Ames, and the um, over under is thirty six and a half. Wow, yeah, that's sad. Um, you know what? I'm going to go out on a limb. I'm going to give Iowa State the leg up here. I think they're going to get this dub and uh, because Iowa is just so damn unimpressive. And uh, and I'm just going to say Iowa State's got a little chip on their shoulder. And uh, it, in Ames, going to be a good environment, rivalry game. Let's go with the uh, Cyclones, baby. All right. Yeah, Iowa's favored by four. But you know what? I'm going to ride with you, Drew. I'll take the Cyclones as well. Noted, um, noted Cyclone lovers here, boys and girls. <laughs> Yeah, now all we need to do is find their uh, find their fans and get them That's on the right. podcast. That's right. So, um, all right, we won't spend any time on BYU Southern Utah, uh, K State Troy. Eh, I think K State rolls them. Um, one game that's probably a little more of an intriguing matchup is OU SMU. Uh, yeah, that, this SMU is not a walkover game. I mean, that's a 
that is a talented team. They've got a their their defense is a little more suspect, which you know OU fans are familiar with that. Uh, but but that offense, they've got some legit players on that offense. A couple top one hundred receivers. They've got a top one hundred player and and quarterback Preston Stone, which they had no business landing any of these guys. I think they've got a former Bama five star running back Kamar Wheaton. So that that offense has some talent, Drew. Yeah, it does. It does. And, you know, it's not going to be a walk in the park or anything like that, but um, a really good measuring stick game for OU before, you know, getting into some tougher games. So, I, you know, actually I think that this is kind of a blessing for Oklahoma to have a game like this uh, coming into some tougher games ahead. So, yeah, I, I, but I think OU rolls still. And uh, I think it's, you know, by at the end of the game, um, a pretty, pretty good amount. So, I, I think well, they're going to be okay. It'll be the first real test for the defense for sure. So, yeah. yeah. How about how about that West Virginia game, Drew? You see who they're playing? Who are they playing? Who is? It's it's somebody you don't want me having to say the name of, but it uh, is according to you, Duquesne. De, oh, Duquesne. No, Duquesne. 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 Uh, oh shoot, man. Hey, is West Virginia safe in any game at this point? I mean, do we? Do we well, I don't want to speak anything into reality at this at this moment. Yeah, but. Uh, I you know, think they'll be fine in this. Hopefully one. they'll be okay. Hopefully they'll be okay against against teams who names I don't know how to say. That's I think right. West Virginia's safe. So, yeah. <laughs> um, you know what? What is a pretty good looking matchup? A Cincinnati Pittsburgh. Mm-hmm. That's going to be the first real test to see is Cincinnati going to be worth a crap at all this year or or not? Um, and we, we didn't find out much from their first game really. Um, yeah, seven point dogs against Pittsburgh. That that one should be a good game and I'd, I'd like to i'd like to pick cincinnati but i don't know enough about pittsburgh to do so i have a weird feeling that ucf and, and cincinnati are going to be better than we think so i don't know if that's going to be noted or, or accurate or what but um i have a I have a sneaky suspicion that both of them will end up better and we can even argue houston's in that that bucket too so we'll, you know we'll see we'll see how it all breaks down all right well let's talk uh about a couple big matchups as well drew we got oregon texas tech which again Leave it to the Big 12. They ruined a couple of these big matches with the pick, with the Pac 12. Shouldn't even say the Pac 12. It was Utah and Oregon. Neither one will be in it next year. So, um, but Tech and Oregon, I, I don't think it's going to be a blowout. Oregon's only favored by six and a half. So, what a way to rebound if you're Texas Tech with a win over Oregon. Right. Right. Yeah, it would be. I mean, it, you know, and again, not counting out Texas Tech at this point. Um, I, honestly, I, I could They get blown out see. by Oregon. Are you counting them out? Yeah, oh, yeah, for sure at that point. But I think they get up for this one, man. I think it's close, and, and I could definitely see, see Texas Tech taking this game. So, I, you know, I'm not, I'm not panicking on them. Okay, fair. What about UCF Boise State? And it is in Boise. What do you think about that one? Who wins? Man, um, I'm on the UCF train right now, man. I, I like UCF. I think I like Plumlee. He looked good last week. So, give me UCF. I agree. I, I like Plumlee a lot, and Boise got run over by Washington. So I think it'll be a close game, especially with it being at Boise. But uh, I'll take the Golden Knights and and disappoint one of our good good friends and, and pod listeners. Yeah, um, yeah, absolutely. All right, the battle for the city of Houston: Houston versus Rice. Uh, Houston's only favored by nine and a half in this one, but I, I think they I think they get that done. Um, yeah. TCU gets an easy bounce back game against Nichols and they desperately needed after last week. 
Um, and then we'll wrap up with another late Pac-12 game, Oklahoma State, Arizona State. Both 1-0, but both very unimpressive against FCS opponents of week one. Who gets the win here? Mm. Mm. Man, I don't know. I don't even want to pick that game. <laughs> it's gross. <laughs> it's I don't gross. even want to watch that game. Oh, Lord. Uh, man, I don't know. Arizona State, I guess. If, I, if, you, if you had to hold a gun to my head, Arizona State. There you go. There you go. There you go. You know what? If you have to hold a gun D to my head, I'll take Gunner Gun D and the Cowboys. Um, okay. You know, I think Oklahoma State wins a close one, but again, that, that that's part of the deal with Oklahoma State this year is I don't think they're good, but their schedule is so soft. They may win a decent amount of games. Yeah. So, they might. They might. No. But, hey, another – you know, it's a great week of games through, and it's a great week to get a good litmus test for a lot of teams in both conferences. Um not quite as many of the FCS opponents, so we get we get a good feel for who who somebody's going to be this year. Yeah, um, but I look forward to it, and uh, we look forward to talking to you guys again next week. So, Drew, I'll let you say your goodbyes. All right, everybody, go again as always. Go follow us on Twitter at Southern underscore Blitz, and we will see you again next week.